Talk Fury theme music. I've gone through so many songs and beats trying to pick the right one. And it's so appropriate. Judo flip. Chop, chop. Yes, ma'am. All right, folks. Yep. Okay. okay. Yeah, found the found the instrumental and an extended version of the Gosh Darn record. And yeah, I think it's uh it's fitting. It's good production. All right, folks, uh Talk Fury. 14 minutes late. We had situations and circumstances um uh so they have this um do it without dues over here at the Amazon. Uh, the folks over here at MarketWatch.com, they have all of President Biden's key executive orders in one chart. Oh, that's fun. And over here at The Guardian, an individual by the name of Akin Ola is saying that Facebook is banning left-wing users like me, and it's going largely unnoticed. Sounds like Phoenix Collider in 2015. <laughs> and over here, Elizabeth Warren just sided with the suits. Get the fuck out of here. I can't believe that indigenous person would sell us out. Hmm. <laughs> All right. She like she stabbed Bernie in the back. That was uh, that, that that was a lovely one. J- just that whole scene, it was like a John Singleton scene, right? You had the the Warren and the Bernie thing. You had Tom Steyer, oddly enough a billionaire Bernie bro. Bloomberg was over there for some reason. Nobody's paying attention to that doofus. Yeah, yeah, that that whole that whole scene at the end of that debate was an absolute cartoon. All right, and then there's um the main one that this is titled for is the uh, gamer gatorism. Visual the inspiration that made ladies sing the blues. The spark that makes your idea bright. The same spark that lights the dark. Don't hit me with a copyright for that, Facebook. All right. Free Huey. Yes, indeed. Okay, so. Posting to Facebook real quick, trying to get the folks from my feed on. Okay. Yeah. Should we start with the Redditors, maybe? We've been talking a lot about that. Um, I know, Eric, with your economics background, you know, I, I can't get into the details so much of that. Um, I think the, the idea is kind of like, wow, cool. I don't know what short... Uh, what do you call it? Short shorting? Short sale or squeezing short sale. Yeah. Because, you know, I think a lot of people have been talking about Reddit this week, but most people, understandably and, you know, reasonably, don't know the tactics of what is going on with Reddit, as that's pretty much, a, you know, that's a hedge fund, stock market, um, speculators type game. Um, but maybe we can do some background on that to help people dig into this a little more, Eric. Yeah, I mean, it, it really just shows you um, how this market is nothing but a rigged game um, for rich, you know, um, you know, white males to to um, to generate capital for themselves. So, and they are able to by these short sales. Um, they're able to borrow and um, get credit for um, to, to bet. And the thing is, is that, and that's the short though, they're able to get, you know, temporary credit to, to bet. And, um, and then when their bets come due, um, they have to pay them immediately. But if you have, 
it's a club. So these people are really coordinating their bets so they can all win. And um, what happens is, is that, and, um, and so, but for an average investor, if like, if I were to come on to, to the market, I don't have access to the, these methods of trading. I don't have a seat on the exchange. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't have people backing me up. I'm not working for a firm. So I have to use my own money to bet where they don't have to, you know, they, they, they get loans, um, you know, from the market itself. And that's how it's, you know, they're, they have a seat. They, you know, they're, they're in the market. They, this is what they do, um, where I would have to pay. So what happens was these GameStop and these other, like these apps, these young people, they love all these apps. These apps were made to try to get other investors like, you know, like myself, I mean, I'm not doing it, but they're made to get other investors in for free so these other people can take advantage of them. Because really what you need, and stop me if I'm missing something, but what you really need to be successful is information. But a lot of these people, these kids, you know, they are home right now. They're smart. You know, it's the same folks that when I took my Apple computer to get fixed by some dude who never graduated high school, but he's real smart. And he's like, man, of course I know how to fix a Mac. So these kids, they have a lot of technology that they've learned on their own. And they're all now in these, these rooms, these chat rooms, and they're able to figure out exactly, they're able to do the research to figure out what these people are doing, what these professional traders are doing, and they do the exact opposite. And so these folks find themselves losing their bets. And then when it's time to pay them off, this is the short sale, you don't have much time, you get the credit. But then when the market, when it, when the market closes, when the bells sound, you gotta pay them off. And then these folks don't have the money because they never thought that they would have to pay it off. They didn't see these guys scheme, these people scheming on them, coming up on the come up. All of a sudden they need to pay off these bets. They don't have the money. And then they've got to go borrow from other investors or hope that the government will bail them out. And that's what we, that's what's happening. Now, of course, now they're closing all of these reddits and these, uh, these sites and how they're closing these sites where these people got on and were able to manipulate, you know, these apps, how they're closing them is because they're, they're, they're saying what these traders did, these rogue traders did, these pirates on the seas of, of the, these pirates, um, good pirates um, on, you know, Robin Hood. I mean, that's why they call this one Robin Hood. I mean, this what the system Robin Hood, but they're closing Robin Hood down. And what they're using is they're calling it hate speech. So these young cats, these young ladies, these young men who are able to juke the system, juke all these investors, what they're doing is they're, they're saying what they have done is hate speech. Isn't that crazy? So if I'm not making sense, just let me know and I can, you know. Oh, no, I'm, I'm watching the, the decibels. <laughs> Yeah, engineering. So I mean, it's it's and so they're stopping these young traders by saying that what you, when you steal from the rich, when you plunder the rich, 
it's hate speech. Yeah, so, you know, news pundits and financial stations and stuff like that on mainstream media have been saying that, you know, there needs to be some regulation, you know, the market can't be messed with like this, despite the fact that hedge funders and, um, you know, rich people on Wall Street, that's literally what they do. That's the only way they make money. You know, I think it's important to people to know, well, you know, more and more people are figuring this out is that money isn't real. None of this is real. Even the dollar isn't even based in anything. It's based on trust in the U.S. economy. Um, There's nothing backing it that's even real like gold. So all of this is speculation, but now it's coming from little people who are trying to tinker and see what they can do. And now that's becoming a problem because it's supposed to be in the hands of very wealthy elites. No matter what they do, they can crash the economy tomorrow and they'll still be protected. So, You know, we've got Elizabeth Warren out there. She's calling for regulation of this and that this is um, instability in the market is dangerous and all of that. She's been, you know, tweeting about this. Um, So we'll see if any uh, actual policy comes out of this. It wouldn't surprise me, Um, especially if they keep doing it. That'll be interesting to see if they keep doing this. Was this a one-off of people trying to mess around or are they gonna make this an organized, repeated effort? Um, That'll be interesting, but... um, you know, with Warren, uh, she's she's just planning to run for president again. I think, you know, she wants to do what Hillary Clinton um, didn't pull off. And so she's signaling to Wall Street and financial um, elites that she is going to be there for them, despite her past record um, as a senator of, you know, basically being a type of Bernie social, de- you know, um, democratic socialist um, in some ways in her past policy. She's in the past few years, she's flipping. Yeah, a social democrat where they they're not communist um you know these are the folks that you know cheered the fall of the soviet union you know which really was a counterforce of this evil empire they countered us you know so we they you know we tried to destroy cuba and then the soviets blocked it but these you know these social democrats including you know bernie sanders himself they were they cheered the collapse of the Soviet Union because they were like now this evil empire now the Soviet Union won't make us us good socialists look bad with their oppressive government even though our government is now even more oppressive but no it's deep what and, uh, Elizabeth Warren pulled her post she made a post and said that we can't have these things like Robin Hood where people get to tinker around for free. We can't, you know, these people, we can't allow these people, these tinkers in, in to get on, on these platforms and get involved with this, this high stakes trader. So again, what she's saying is no more poor people, no more people learning how to. So what she's saying is people like us can, would no longer be able to do these sorts of trades. We would have to put up even more capital if we wanted to do this. So it, it, we would have a higher standard. You know, we got to drop some serious bucks if we want to play with the big boys, the big white boys, the rich white boys, but um, they don't have to put up any money. Only us, we would have to put up more money. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. And one thing I've been trying to figure out is- if pulled that post, by the way. She, she, she got so much uh, flack for it, she deleted the post from Twitter. Wow. Bless you, bless you, girl, Warren. And I think the, um, the debate that's happening right now um, between leftists is 
what what's going on with these redditors are they is this a class conscious organization there's people who are calling it the digital occupy wall street you know going after wall street from main street but um you know and then some people and then and a lot of this comes from the mainstream media is characterizing them as like these are all trump people and these are all like you know basically libertarians who um which there could be some truth to an aspect of that there's a lot of libertarians who do like cryptocurrency and they try to do their own alternative um investment um thinking that cryptocurrency and things like that are going to be the new economy and to kind of get around the federal um level economics and the fed um reserve and things like that um so there might be some of that mixed in but so that's the thing we don't know um you know mostly these are anonymous redditors and that's very difficult to track unless they get more organized and we see a pattern um but several people have posted online these these mini manifestos from redditors um i've seen multiple of these that were posted um saying basically you know fuck you to wall street and saying you know i'm a, i you know i have lots of debt i live paycheck to paycheck but i spend 30 a month and i put it in this this robinhood app to invest 30 bucks and see if in a few months it turns into $100. And that's what I do and I still can't win at this. And you know what you people do this all the time so fuck you. You know, basically to to you know, so that's a class conscious um you know, response I've seen from several long little Reddit manifestos. So, those could be outliers. It could be a mix. It could be, you know, I I don't know yet. I don't know if You know, William or Phoenix, if you've seen anything interesting online that gives some clarity to that, but to give clarity about the them being a cohesive group, or yeah, like what's the angle? Are these people who are just trying to kind of play their hand and see if they can get wealthier, or are these people who are really like anti Wall Street, or do they want to be Wall Street? I think that's the that's the discrepancy no one can figure out yet. You well, because I think it's all of those things combined. There isn't um, like one specific cohesive um, like ideology coming out of it. There's definitely some people who are just you know trying to make some money. Um, there's some people who you know happened to be on Reddit and saw that this was popping and were like, oh, maybe I should get on get in on it and see what happens. There's people who do want to be, um, you know, like the next rogue, like Wall Street person, and they think that this is their come up. So yeah, there's definitely um, people involved, as far as I can tell, who do support, you know, everything from left wing left wing to right wing ideologies. But I think this could be an opportunity to make it a left wing. Um, movement and to do a digital occupy but we need more um I don't want to say like uh there needs to be more planning around it because not enough people understand the stock market not enough people understand um what actually happened with the short sales and like how that actually works but I do think that this is you know providing an excellent opportunity and you know if folks would step in and start doing some teaching and start doing some um you know like crowdfunding to raise funds for this like it definitely could be a thing but right now it's just kind of a hodgepodge of people who happen to be in the right place at the right time it's a chance to do good for us boys in the hood just call us nwa neighbors with appetizers really <laughs> yeah i think um you know you know one thing i see from this kind of purity aspect of leftists um sometimes is they they see that there's not their ideology happening with some events and you know my thing is is i you know i don't discount anything that people throwing stones in any way metaphorically whatever um can be an opportunity for things to shift sometimes and there needs to be intervention and there needs to be leftists to say look this is an opportunity to build something 
let's talk with these folks and figure out what's actually going on here um, before I think, you know, I see people, um, you know, sort of saying, well, no, these people don't have any real, you know, class conscious ideology. No, they don't have any. And it's like, well, okay, well, most people don't. So how are you going to get them there? And if people mm -hmm. learn a, a hard lesson, that's what tends to happen from some of these events. You know, there's people who think, oh, I'm gonna, you know, get around the Wall Street people, fuck them. I'm a little person, I'm a little guy, whatever. And then all of a sudden policy crashes down and says, no, you cannot do this. That's a big lesson that wakes some people up. Mm -hmm. Events that radicalize people, you know, people aren't just gonna start with this. People don't just pick up and read some book and some, you know, elite, you know, um, Stoja University that makes them radicalized. That's not how things are going to work with masses of people. Mm -hmm. So I think anytime there's something that we can, you know, insert ourselves in to say, okay, this is interesting and this is twisting things. Let's see what we can do. Um, I think it's very, you know, has possibility. Doesn't make, it could crash and be nothing, but, um, yeah, you know, it reminds me of things like what, you know, when the Great Depression started, one of the biggest things was in the 1920s, the stock market used to be just a handful of elites that were doing, that were um, speculating on the stock market. And then they got even bigger when they convinced middle class people to, that they could put in a hundred bucks and they could do something. And it made people believe in the United States that mm -hmm. they could be like the Rockefellers. They could be like all these rich people if they put in a little bit of their check. And then the speculating that the rich people were doing crashed in 1929. And all of these people said, oh my God, no, I can't be like them. This was a lie. And all my stuff is taken from me. And that was the last time, you know, the government was really threatened with the communist revolution in the thirties. So, you know, there's wake up call stuff that happens when people try to experiment with what they can do and learn really fast. It's not what they thought. Yeah. I also think that this is an excellent time to sort of uh, deprogram a lot of folks from conspiracy theories, and I don't see people taking advantage of that either, and it makes me a little bit sad. Um, I don't have a great deal of uh, commentary on the whole on the whole business, but I am noticing, um, I'm looking at the archive chat section, and uh, Jamie in the archive chat section um, on the Facebook uh, saying, and yet they never did anything about the hate speech when MRAs, that's men's rights activists, a hodgepodge of very sh strange young, old men, really. It, it's it's an ill, it, look up men's rights activists on your own time, folks, if you haven't already heard of them. And Jamie J uh, Jamie is saying um, they never did anything about the hate speech of MRAs and gamer gators mm -hmm. and Trump supporters um, who used Reddit to organize their harassment campaign, yep. uh, harassment campaigns. And then I'm also not like they are they're calling it hate speech, which is, I guess, like that's what these folks are doing with their money at the moment. And it's like their argument for what Citizens United and the McCutcheon decision and whatnot mm -hmm. is that money is speech. And so when people who aren't gazillionaires used their money the way they wanted to, hey, whoa, that's hate speech. <laughs> well, I would actually, um, I haven't looked at how they're defining it as hate speech, but there has been hate speech in some of these places. And, you know, like I said earlier, that's kind of one of the problems is that this is just sort of like a hodgepodge of different people with different ideologies and different uh, places on the political spectrum who just all happen to be together doing this. But, like, I've seen some hella anti-Semitic shit where they're like, yeah, sticking it to the Jews and taking their money and, like... It only takes a handful of comments like that to make everybody get their shit shut down for hate speech. So um, that's also interesting because then I'm like, 
Are these people trolling to get it shut down? Are they actually that anti-Semitic that they think they're really doing something? Are they like, you know, basically outside agitators? Like, what is going on with that? Yeah, so, yeah. They shut it down now. I mean, as soon as they, you know, I mean, they shut it down as soon as Wall Street, the, 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 the tycoon started losing money, though. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. and I mean, the thing is, there has been, I mean, these people, what they also weren't doing, these, the, the, the rogues, so to speak, I think we have to come up with a, you know, the, the a name for them, but these, these people that were playing the system, um, they, what they were doing, you could see that there were, there was cohesion. If they weren't, co- if there wasn't some sort of organizing mechanism, they wouldn't have been able to win. You know, I mean, they specifically saw exactly what the rich people were doing and they did the opposite thing. So yeah, they had to all come into agreement that they on one night in a matter of an hour or two, they were all going to do this in the same exact stock. That is organization. So it was someone doing the research and they and see the thing is you can track them. You just don't know. Like the New York Times said, one of the guy, one of the key players in this has a name that is un. And if you go to the New York, the, um, I think it's this, this magazine, um, my friend opened his bar yesterday. So just for well, two of us, Alex was, we were hanging out. So this is the first time I actually had something to drink yesterday, but, um, so I was <laughs> hung over a bit. But, yeah. Okay. And, uh, however, um, however you just Alex. leaned forward in your seat, uh, as soon as you leaned forward, your audio got super clear. It was already all right, but I don't know if you shifted anything near your microphone, but it got super clear. Keep going. I probably just came closer. How's this? Okay, yeah, that's super clear. So I'm a little hungover. Uh, we were, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So um, it was kind of like drinking at me and Alex just drinking at his bar alone in the snowstorm. Um, so yeah, so I mean, these people, these people were colluding. I hate to use that term. I mean, because the big boys, the white boys, do it all the time. But we so one one of the researchers who were who was really following what they were doing, uh, the New York Times said that his they listed him as a name that we're not able to print. So his name clearly had some profanity in it. But he was the one um, who was doing a lot of the planning, saying this is where we need to go. So if these folks were just trying to be capitalists, they wouldn't be sharing information to let everybody in on the money-making opportunity. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh-huh. and they did make some money. There's an article out there about an elementary school kid that put in his uh, his allowance or something, and it ended up he cashed out at three thousand dollars on the event. Yeah, um, so. But they found this stuff out from other people who were saying, look, let's crash this thing. This is how you bet. I mean, there was another guy from Queens. He was all boogie down from the boogie down Bronx in Queens. He was saying, yeah, you know, I took my little stimulus, my little $600 stimulus, and he turned it into like $6,000. But someone told him, this is what you do with it. Like, this is how we... Because that's how you have to crash them. You can make a lot of money if you do it by yourself, but you can't crash them. You can only crash them if you get lots of people to do the exact same thing. So, I mean, it's got potential. This was the New York Times, by the way, uh, uh, today's, uh, the magazine section. 
do you all remember those uh those smug like asshole articles from like forbes.com and things like that about um you know what to do with your $600 stimulus check if you're smart you can actually be wealthy Mm -hmm. you cannot be a poor person if you are smart like us and it's like some people actually took their $600 and did something and now they're all like crazy and pissed about it like okay we actually did something exactly like like bold that you didn't like you know like yeah absolutely we played your game and and fuck you you know um one of those sites is penny pincher that that same sort of bullshit which drives fucking Um, yeah yeah and it is like it's in the ideology right that the people that are down are supposed to be down but we're always supposed to keep the rhetoric of but pull yourself up by your bootstraps like i can't help but notice like the general person i come across who's like a tax bracket or two above me they actually don't like how i lived my life and if anything, I lived my life by the rules, right? Never got arrested, never got suspended from school, got no kids, got no criminal record, uh, worked my whole adulthood. I've literally never been unemployed, always had a second job as well, the podcasting second job, and now I'm seeking out mortgage options. And they're like, what? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you have just had kids when you were 20? But then if I would have had kids when I was 20, I'd be like, why, you stupid, poor loser? Why'd you have kids that early? Mm-hmm. They really just don't want that to happen to you. That's top-down classism, top-down patriarchy to women. Right now, like, I guarantee within 30 days, Chelsea Springler is going to come across someone who's going to say, well, you're going to want to have kids before you're 30. <laughs> right it's gonna happen like if, and- if i had kids and was poor while doing it then i'd be then you'd be blamed for you know that too so you know yeah now you're yeah, trash no way out. all ends of it is there's no way to win and that's how yeah any form of oppression is gonna come on you yeah um they, but they, uh they, they, what's disdain, they disdain us yes they they mock us they ridicule they disdain us yeah yeah so let's just be trash together. That's the solidarity. <laughs> let's all get in the same can and roll into the rich nigga's house. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, um, you know, with the with the fact that Robinhood, the CEO of Robinhood, who's been basically making money, because they take a cut of these small investors. That's what Robinhood is there for. It's to make it easier for little average people to invest a little bit of money who don't have hedge fund managers to like manage their portfolios for them and do all of that, that you pay, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to somebody manage your rich money, getting more money. Mm-hmm. So Robinhood does this and you can add a little bit into cryptocurrency, gold, uh, all kinds of different investments. So the CEO is shutting that, the ability to do those stocks down. Um, yeah. And, you know, so people on Robinhood who think, oh, this is a great way for me to get started in this are seeing like, no, I can't actually, if I want to really get started with something, I can't. Mm-hmm. And this is how they do it. So Robinhood is shutting that stuff down. And, you know, I think, Um, you know, what you were saying, Phoenix, about, you know, right-wing stuff getting mixed in, and it could be bots, it could be sabotagers who know, okay, let's make some, you know, asshole comments, you know, and not that it's all a conspiracy, you know, there are some just terrible, you know, people on the internet who are really oppressive, and they will say some of that, but we don't know, and that's the paradox of, you know, the internet is unprecedented stuff we can do along with these unprecedented problems of, like, we don't even know where this is coming from, is it legit, is it not legit, um, being shut down. So leftists being conflated, anything class conscious to being conflated with right wing extremism. And that is happening more and more. And I sent a couple articles to you, William, and maybe that's a segue we could take into this. You know, one, Zuckerberg announcing that he's depoliticizing Facebook, 
And that's important because you see that the, the like the inauguration events and certain right wing things are triggering this, but he's not saying right wing. He's mm-hmm. saying depoliticizing, which means it's going to have an effect. He's not saying what side. So the meat the, the intention of that is to say, no, this is going to affect left wing people and things like whatever Reddit did, whatever's happening, anything. It's going to be conflated with right wing extremism to confuse people and, you know, impress liberals on Facebook, who that's mainly, you know, it's more their domain now since a lot of right wingers jump ship. But it's also it means that it's it's not pointing direction to say that um, whether it's right wing or left wing and it's going to hurt left wing people. Um, and that's the purpose of not of being purposely vague with that comment um, by Zuckerberg. Um, so there's an article about that. There's also um, there's also an article by someone on Facebook friends with him. His name is Aiken. He goes by Aiken O'Huxley on Facebook and he's written a few Guardian articles. He's a Nigerian American activist and an organizer. Um, so after he wrote an article in The Guardian before the inauguration that like the the January 6th events are going to the repression from that is going to actually, it's also going to hurt left-wing people. He wrote an article in The Guardian about that that was very popular. Um, right after that, he had his events shut down. He couldn't make Facebook events. He's an organizer, so he's made events. They said you can't make events anymore. You can't um, comment on groups. You can't make Facebook groups, which he's used to make organizations before and all these things because he, and they got it from his Guardian article probably. So um, so he wrote a follow-up article about being censored and how it's kind of quiet. And when he gets censored, then no one really talks about it. So we don't know how many leftists really disappear. Sometimes we know if we know them, like I saw that from Aiken on Facebook. I said, oh, wow, I saw that directly. But people disappear and we don't know how we're being tinkered with very much. And his article is all about that, about just how like, you know, when it happens and it's silent. So we don't know how much this is affecting us, how how much our our points of view and our organizing that we're trying to do actually gets hampered because we can't even talk, we can't even get the numbers in terms of how much it is affecting us. Um, and often because it's partial or, you know, it's getting more permanent with some people um, being banned across multiple platforms. So you can't just say, wow, Facebook fucked me over. Like that happening multiple times a few years ago. I'll go and now I'll just go to Instagram or I'll go to Twitter and my people will find me in different ways. It's getting harder to escape the, the monopoly that's been created between multiple corporations. And maybe that's not a traditional monopoly if it's multiple corporations, but it's a monopoly industry where they actually, they're all in the United States companies. They're, they're all, they function together now. What um, is traditional monopoly though? I mean, these are made, these are big techs and they are operating, you know, together and to keep people out, to keep other competitors out. I forgot the name of the competitor that they, you know, they squeezed out, but they are, they're, they, you know, they are colluding uh, and to, to manipulate the prices. And there was a gay blogger, Chelsea and I have been following for a long time, Vitamin Q. I mean, he, I mean, this man, he's, uh, and, you know, he talks about that he's got a, um, not QAnon, by the way, just so yeah, people, yeah, vitamin it's, Q. it's Quincy. His name's yeah, Quincy, Quincy so for the past 10 years. No. Yeah, a queer brother out of, um, out of, um, out of, um, of, 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 of New Orleans. And he makes a brilliant brother, brilliant brother. And he makes it clear that he's got some, um, can't think of the word, but forgive me if I'm saying, but some, 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 some mental health issues, you know, and that's the cool thing. He's getting, you know, he's put it out there to get black folks to talk about it. And, um, but I mean, but he's, you know, he's got, a, you know, a real radical cultural politic. Um, 
and he's gone now. I mean, they, I mean, this man put so much time into building this brand, building this, this vitamin, the vitamin Q page, and they just snatched it from him. I mean, this, it's, it's, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's real. And a lot of us have been really organizing hard using Facebook. I mean, I've met so many international connections. I mean, people that I feel close with now. And if they, they'll silence us, and then we're just isolated. And this is what stops us from being able to build a movement. It's like shutting down Arab Spring. And we're organizing in that way now. I'm seeing it. But I mean, we're, we're gelling. I'm gelling with so many people internationally and nationally. And that was a great book uh, thing you sent me, Chelsea, about the guy who was doing W.E.B. Du Bois, Russia and I mean, Russia and the United States. Um, but, you know, we find out about this stuff and they'll, they'll take it all away from us. Which, you know, I've been saying that, you know, for years, but, you know, in 2017, um, there's a good article which you might have from Black Agenda Report, William, about how, you know, so it's not just social media, but then it also happens on independent websites where Google um, weighs your your stuff lower, like your articles. If you write an article that is, you know, um, really specific and, you know, if somebody searches, you know, um, you know, Elizabeth Warren, you know, changes sides and is now protecting Wall Street and that's like your quote and your article is all about that it should come up on the first page about that topic if you recently wrote that um, you know there's other things depends on how popular you are how directly you know the whatever the how the algorithms pick that up the SEO stuff or whatever but Google purposely started tinkering with that um, especially in 2017 to make it so that leftist sites along with a handful of you know right-winger stuff which we know they, they end up getting completed stupidly um, and purposely. Um, they they weigh it lower. So you'll get like 30% less traffic into your website when people should be able to be like, what's going on with this issue? Oh, here's a socialist website that explains to me what's going on. Oh, this makes me more conscious of what's happening in politics now. You won't see it because it'll be put into like the fourth page when it should have been naturally up in the first. So that's just an example of how, you know, when we don't even realize it, we're putting in, you know, as an organizer, this is a thing for me, I put in work, like it's a part-time job, you know, the full-time job, you know, in some ways of like constant, you know, organizing, putting stuff out there, consciousness raising, doing actual organizing events and programs. And if I have extra weight on me, that's keeping me from like, you know, you know, like something attached to the ankle, keeping you from like doing what you're trying to do. Like there's, there, there's extra blocks. It's like, it's the, you know, if we think of this as like, if we're using these online stuff to organize and raise consciousness and get our ideas out there, it's the equivalent of, you know, you know, back in the day, if you're at a rally and you have a megaphone and somebody comes in and turns your volume off and half the people in the back can't hear you. Yeah. Why would you work so hard to build that speech and and do that rally if half the people can't hear you because something out of your control, somebody against you messed with your fucking megaphone? Does, does that like it's just a, a metaphor here? It's like that's not good. You want to fix it, but if we keep doing that, it's working against us. And sometimes we can't even realize that like online, digitally through these corporate owned, you know. Um, uh, platforms that things are being tinkered and we're not being as effective and we have to work way harder for less of a 
response from people in some ways because they and they know that they know that they can tinker that they know that occupy and arab spring and all these things happen because of how viral things can go so how can they go in and tinker with that and break up that viral nature of things that's what they're doing so i just something that leftists should be aware of because it's going to keep happening we either we get good and effective and they shut it down or um just the increased repression because more and more people are rebelling in whatever way they're just going to crack down on it so you know i think leftists should have been more proactive way before this years ago when i was when you know um You know, personally, like what I I thought in 2017, this should be alarm bells. We need to talk about alternative platforms being proactive in our own way, um, building some kind of network of indie news that instead of individual indie sites that people remember, um, having some kind of way to connect them and refer people between them because we have individual websites. But it's like if I went off Facebook and all of my social media tomorrow, I have email addresses maybe, but I can't remember every single person, all the people I want to connect to, all their projects, I have no way of like to fast connecting to that. Social media makes that convenient. So what's a way that we can independently, you know, I'm not saying to go off Facebook, I'm not leaving until somebody permanently kicks me off. I'll be there, I'll be doing my shit. But like, you know, I'm, I'm not like, oh, I'm just leaving. And, uh, goodbye, Facebook. Like, uh, no, but You know, when we do, what's a way that we have our own powerhouse of a home for our media work that can be connected to other people consciously so that we have control over ourselves outside of the apps as well. So that's my, that's kind of my, that's my thing on this. And kind of in line with that, you, uh, you may, I, I found um, the article you mentioned on Black Agenda Report um, and from 2017 and toward the end of the article, um, the last paragraph here, they have, um, back in 2014, I think this is probably Bruce Dixon that wrote this It's typically him. I said, uh, back in 2014, I wrote in black agenda report about something called dark social media with a link to that as well. And it says that dark social media is simply direct email. It's dark because Google and the rest cannot track it or block it. When you're on Black Agenda Reports free direct email subscription list or that of Truth Out or Common Dreams or others, Facebook and Amazon and Google, they um <clears throat> and not even Google unless you're on Gmail, they do not know what you're doing and cannot block your access. I don't know how true that still is, right? This is a 4-year-old article, but yeah. that is a uh, that's an interesting point, as it were. I just wish more leftists cared about sex worker rights because sex workers have had this problem um, for a very long time and have found some very creative ways to get around it. But, you know. Nobody yeah, wants absolutely. to listen. Nobody wants to listen. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. All right. Getting toward the end. It is, it is indeed um, 1253. Uh, let's see. Yeah, looks like you actually um, you tapped everything in your show notes. So for the folks, um, oh, except for this. Oh, oh, this shit right here. What um, anti-union, <laughs> nigga? This shit. It's doitwithoutdues.com. Oh God. Yeah, it's some shit that fucking Amazon has up. Um, Springler sent, and, and oh yeah, I wanted folks to know. Um, Chelsea Springler did all these show notes. Uh, Chelsea Springler, like, essentially, like, um, did segment production. I don't know if Springler knows that's what you were doing, 
But yeah, this was segment producing, and Chelsea Springler did indeed produce every single segment on this episode and then sent me all the notes so folks know the work that's being done. But uh, over here, they have so do it without dues. Let me just screen share this nonsense because um, I remember reading about this stuff when I was in my uh, teens about these uh, right-to-work states and union dues, and I got older people to tell me that they call them right-to-work-for-less, mm-hmm. right? Because the idea of the right is that you can just work without having to pay union dues, but then they don't tell you, like, um, what the union can do for you. Right. And then that weakens them. And I've told stories on the program about coworkers saying what the factory was like with the union. Um, for example, um... If the union um, representative is walking around the floor monitoring things and they see two people doing a job that's meant for three, they shut the whole production line down until they get the third person. Well, even uh, what you were saying about um, someone you work with used to work for, was it Kellogg with the union? And how much did they start at an hour? Yeah, let's just say that shit again. Um, Yeah, uh, also out here in Michigan, uh, Kellogg factory, 32 fucking dollars an hour was the base pay if you're cleaning the toilet $32 an hour if you're running the machine $32 an hour because if the job needs to be done then it's valuable no job is less valuable that's the concept that was every gig and then the the cat that that he told me his name is uh johnny johnny mitchell old school cat and um and he was like because you know, he was with the union. They had access to the company's overhead mm-hmm. and they saw that at $32 an hour, folks, keep that number in your head. That was only 2% of the company's cost. Two per fucking cent. The rest of it, the majority, advertising. Mm-hmm. But then I would also like to add, because of course my phone was listening as you were telling me the story. So then in my Facebook Um, You know, I log on to Facebook and I'm scrolling and in my um, promoted ads, Kellogg's in Michigan is hiring and they wanted me to know. For how much? The starting wage was what when the union was there? 32. It's now $16.98. It's half. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This motherfucker is... Yeah, so this site, by the way, this union busting website that is just, you know, propaganda to make unions look bad and be like, hey, love, just love your company. <laughs> That's it. Look, yeah. you know, we're great. Um, this, so they have a reporting form on there where you report by like email to anonymous email to report your coworkers or if you know of anybody, you know, who's organizing a union for Amazon or anything like that and to snitch on your coworkers to fire them. So um, you can, if you want to do some some um, easy digital activism this week, you can sw- swarm their reporting and just put in spam stuff. You'd be like, fuck you, Jeff nice. Bezos, fuck you at, at gmail.com. And, you know, and just spam them with overwhelming, because they have people being paid to check this stuff and do this bullshit and just overwhelm them and make it inefficient for them to do this. And just send some, you know, send some fake emails and say, fuck you. Yeah. Whenever I've done things like this, I use rappers' real names. So I'm just like, I'd like to report Eric Wright and Reggie Noble. 
<laughs> not really a big fan of what Clifford Simmons is doing here. <laughs> and um, and do, wait, do they have? Let me see. Do they have an email here on this? Okay, they have a contact us. Let's click the old contact us here. Okay, we're standing by to help you, and we'll be in touch with you shortly to answer your questions and concerns. Take your snitchy. Okay, there it is, and it has everything where you can uh, y- um. Put put whatever name again. You just use a rapper's real name, all right? Just put <laughs> Miller, C. Murder, Corey Miller, right? Yeah, Andre Young. Just th- throw that in there. It, it's I, I like doing that. Lamont Coleman. Fuck it. Email uh, whatever you know. Ha- have a throwaway email. I've seen some people suggest having uh, yeah. subject and message. It's all there. Of course, you have to tell it that you're not a robot because. I mean, a world where factories and fast food joints want automation. All of a sudden, they don't want robots. And you can click submit to Amazon. Do it without dues. All right. So uh, that will be funky fresh. And then I should say this publicly. Sprinkle, you sent we sent you, you sent me all that information and ideas like, hey, we could do the live like this. And I forgot to tell you that I was on the way to very soon uh pulling talk fury behind the paywall but for a low amount folks only one dollar a month all right hopefully like we can get one dollar a month and um and that'll be on patreon.com slash wine solar media fund as far as whole episodes go and then of course clips go out on the socialized feed so yeah, I was headed in that direction already. I already have uh, Maddie Stump at the one dollar a month level. Uh, we already have a uh, conversation radio with Phoenix and William at the one dollar a month level, and then um, at the bump up at the five dollar a month level is the Phoenix Collider breakdowns, and then um, at the next level up is like the most heavily produced. The episodes that I spend like five hours working on are at the ten dollar a month level. All right, because I bust my ass making those episodes. All right, so yeah, actually, um, yeah, Talk Fury is moving up and needs more support. And also, uh, the Red Rag Pantry of Logan Square needs more report, uh, needs more support. And I don't have my printout in front of me. Eric, what is the address? Um, the, the rag itself. Uh, Chelsea, do you know the address? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the street accessible food pantry we have in Logan Square, Chicago, and we are expanding to some new locations. Um, let's see here. The actual address in Chicago. 3521 um, West Cortland. Yeah, 3521 West Cortland. Um, you can always message Fury and those of us um, if you you know have questions or want to coordinate. So, um, in Logan Square, we need volunteers. Yeah, we need volunteers if you're in Chicago. Um, to help us keep it stocked because it's getting up we're moving it to a busier and more accessible location too where it's going to get a lot more foot traffic and a lot more people um so yeah we're looking to coordinate with more folks so yeah. um if you want to get involved in mutual aid hit us up and um, i all oh my bad yo I, I always note that Cortland is spelled without the letter u it's c-o-r-t-l-a-n-d yeah. <laughs> just in case somebody might throw that u in there and then it ends up fucking in massachusetts somewhere yeah, and a note on uh, maybe next week as we close here. You know, I thought your your uh, your comment there, Phoenix, on um, how sex workers have been navigating censorship, or you know, <laughs> social media, basically started. Um, 
is a is a great topic. I know you probably have. I don't. You know. I don't know if it's too repetitive for you because I, I know you talk about this a lot on your other podcasts. But I think that would be a great thing about in terms of learning lessons from how strategies of dealing with that that sex workers are experts on. So um, yeah, I would love to talk about that. Yeah. So you know, Sessa Fosta, how they've navigated. You know, whatever. Um, I think that's. Uh, it would be a great uh, strategic talk. Um, Damn, apparently, uh, well, I'm looking at the chat space, and my bad folks in the chat space, I did not get to a um, a lot of comments here, uh, noticing that Mickey Mick, uh, their first comment was Chelsea fangirl here with the, 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 the hands uh, thing, <laughs> image. With the hands thing. And I'm also noticing um, Aaron, Aaron, I've seen that name before, Aaron Robertson, they put the, um, the, uh, the address in the uh, in the chat space, and it looks like because of Talk Fury, they are commenting as a top fan. Oh, all right. So Facebook declared you worthy of a digital diamond. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think so. That should be the whole deal. So come back for sex workers' rights and oh wait, sex workers navigating censorship. Yes, is the deal next week. All right, folks. And uh, and to get that full episode, uh, you know where the hell to go. Patreon.com slash Wine Cellar Media Fund. One dollar a month level. And Patreon doesn't even want you to do that. Patreon, when you put one dollar, they're like, could you at least go three? Try three. No, fucker. I'm not a capitalist. One. One dollar. Right? <laughs> I need to cover overhead and get broccoli and white meat chicken. That's it. <laughs> All right. So, everybody, be safe. All right, be safe out there. Um, out here, it's fucking snowing. Drive safe. Um, I don't know what's going on in other areas. And then just watch out for those MAGA hat gangbang boys. They're still out there uh, ready to crack some fucking skulls. They haven't quit. All right. And with that, I will stop live stream to Facebook. Stop podcast audio. Yeah. <laughs>